informed with your community. The Morning Drive on FM 96.3 and AM 620. WVMT. Welcome back to the Morning Drive, everybody. Kurt and Anthony here. The McKenzie Country Classic Hotline is open. 888-414-0303. And joining us in studio now, it's our pal, Kelly Devon. Good morning, Kelly. Anthony's just trying to break my heart today. Why? (laughs) Because the Aerosmiths tour has been postponed, Anthony. I'm sorry, but I wanted to lead with your favorite Aerosmith song. Steven Tyler fractured his voice box or larynx or something. He out-sang himself. He's out. Oh, I'm sorry. I just thought it's always fun to when I, when I have the, the wherewithal to pull up Aerosmith before you're, you get, you're here. That's it like, ain't easy living like good... you wanna. There's no way to find peace of mind. Oh, there she goes. Um, yeah. I have to say, though, you know, I, I come in here, as folks know, every month, sometimes more often uh, to fill in. And it's always a different morning when I come in based on... The weather, when the sun rises, and today the drive-in was really pretty Vermont spectacular. You know, uh, you come up through the hills, you have the fog laying in the valley, and the entire greens are outlined by that sun trying to come up. Yeah. Or trying to come up. It will come up, please. <laughs> we don't need any other bad news. Uh, you know, just before I got in here, it was just about to crest over those mountains, and it was beautifully clear. Mm-hmm. So, so been- you know, remind ourselves, uh, you know, both what an amazing place we live in and also why it's really important that we fight for it. Now, um, I'm glad you said that because I want to ask you, because I've been trying to plan out a day to go leaf peeking, leaf peeping, not leaf peeking, peeking. Leaf, leaf peeking, <laughs> leaf peeping. He's going to leaf peef, I'm gonna peek, peek at the peak. Um, so what are what's it looking like out there? You come in from a little bit out in the country. What's what's the foliage looking like? You know, uh, here in the here in the Banana Valley, Chittenden, you know, Chittenden County, it's still pretty green. But um, I was um, I was down in Lebanon uh, over the weekend. Well, not over the weekend, but on Sunday. And amazing when you get up in higher elevations, how much different the color is. Yeah, it's just so tricky because. You wait too late, and then you've gone past the prime, or the leaves are dropping off the trees. But yeah. you don't want to go out too early when it hasn't hit its prime either. It really kind of boils down to I think about two, two three weeks. Yeah, so I think that you know we're 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 coming up on it in Chittenden County probably in the next week or so. But if you start to get up to near Mount Washington and stuff, it probably is at peak now. If not, starting to go to late peak, I yeah. would think yeah. based on what I saw. Now, Kelly, let's talk about the event that both you and I were at last Thursday. Yeah. Yeah, we've been talking about it for a while on the show, and people in the community have been talking about it. Is Willie or Woni? And uh, the answer is, of course, we now know that the mayor, Mayor Weinberger, is not seeking re-election. First of all, were you surprised? Uh, no, I wasn't surprised. Um, I think it could have gone either way. Um, I do. I do know that... He put a lot. He put a lot of thought into that decision, which is something that I've always appreciated him about him. He's very thoughtful, and you know I've heard some people be critical of him, and the city is, uh, you know, not in a great state right now. Um, but the event did remind me of a lot of great things we got done during his administration. Uh, some of those you and I worked on, um, like the bike path, like the bike path. And so, you know, I think that it's always better to go out on top. Ideally, and um, 
And I think that he and his family probably decided to do that. I mean, somebody had told me a story about him speaking at feeding Chittenden related to something and, you know, people driving by and screaming at him and, you know, obscenities. I mean, who wants, it's kind of like you guys were talking about the speaker's job. Who wants that job? We right. have to, we have to stop with this hate, you know, this, this slinging around this hate all the time. It's not easy to be a leader. It's not easy to be in power. Whoever is the next mayor is not walking into an easy job. And so, you know, Beating them down, I don't know how that helps. Yeah, I, I think uh, when we were watching that press conference, uh, not press conference, the the Burlington City Council meeting where, where um, particularly Max Tracy and some of those people were calling him racist and these things, and you see him just sitting there and the look on his face, and we talked about it the next day. It's like, how long do you put up with that? You know, it, it, it's like, it's one thing. If you're gonna if if you're gonna take that position and people agree or disagree with you philosophically, but just these constant personal attacks, at, at some point you've got to say, you know, this is I, I'm done with this. And you know, he's not the only one that's subject to it. I mean, members right. of city council are, city department heads are. You know, even I've been attacked on social media um, repeatedly by certain people. You know, called a neoliberal. I mean. I don't know. This is a small community. I don't know how uh, we think we're going to be able to solve the, uh, you know, the very sig- we have. We have right now, I'll say it, a public safety crisis. I was at the public safety committee meeting uh, Monday night. I'd love to talk about that, uh, where there was a resolution relative to that. And if we can't all get together to solve this, we're not going to be able to. I don't know if folks saw the, the article relative to a security worker in Portland, Oregon. Uh, over in New York Times over the weekend, we talked about um, the, it. Just was really a, sort of watching this person trying to do their job, and you know, talking about things like waiting uh, waiting hours for police response. Um, you know, seeing people who are suffering from substance use disorder acting out in the street. There was a woman who was mentally ill in the story who tries to kidnap a child, and the the guy who's a private security guard. Um, waits with the family to try to file this case with the police and after 45 minutes the father the daughter who's traumatized the mother to say we're going home like we don't we can't be bothered with this meanwhile the person who did who's mentally ill who did the you know tried to take the kid has literally taken off running um you know it it was a chilling it was a chilling um foreshadow well of how bad things can get when you have significant public safety have public safety concerns happening in our streets and significant substance use disorder untreated mental illness and uh not only no police to respond but we don't have mental health treatment facilities for these people to go to inpatient we don't have substance use disorder there's no substance use disorder inpatient treatment in chittenden county none so you know people say well well, the, the police need to arrest people okay great where are they going um, we, you know, I'm, I'd be interested to see what um, State's Attorney DeSabato has to say when he comes in at eight about trying to prosecute a case and the judge gives probation. So where are these people going? Nine well, times out of ten, right. back out on the street. Sure. Uh, and, uh, you know, we discussed, uh, Kurt read uh, Paula Routley's uh, piece in seven days. Burlington Blues. Yeah. And, you know, it started, what started her thinking about that piece was uh, another piece that they did about the the uh, photographer who's 
legendary. He's shot tons of tons of video all around, uh, Wayne Savage. And to hear that there were uh, one particular person was revived how many five times? times? Five times at one morning. And, yeah, most of know. the most of the first responders, and you know, I, I'm at these public safety committee meetings. The fire chief Lachance has shown up at every meeting, and just to listen to what his team is going through and the level of just discouragement because they revive people, and then the people are like mad, angry. And, you know, uh, I heard somebody talking about the safe injection site in New York City, and he said, well, they're saving tens of thousands of lives uh, down there. And, you know, I want to push back on that because if you revive someone just so they can continue to live in their addiction day in and day out on the street, to me, that's not saving a life. It's a prolonging one. It's right. cruel and unusual punishment. I don't know that's what no they life. have going on in New York City. Maybe they have services to send those folks into, but I know that we don't hear. And uh, there's going to be a city council. There's going to be an item on on the agenda at the city council meeting next Tuesday. It's this public safety uh, and drug crisis emergency resolution that I've I've spent a lot of time on. It went through the public safety committee. Councilor Council President Paul is the chair of that group. Um, it it basically declares the fact that we have a, a combined public safety and opioid uh, you know substance use disorder emergency or drug crisis. And we'll see some testimony that night and people saying, well, you know, the answer is, you know, public health first and then safety will come. And, you know, that's all well and good if we have the systems, if we have the, uh, the downstream systems to send these people to. Um, you can't blame one entity. People want to blame Montpelier, the legislature, the governor, the mayor, the police chief, you know, the left. There's, this is a <laughs> there's lots of blame to go around here. But the fact of the matter is, who cares? Here we are. We are in a public safety emergency. Businesses are leaving downtown. Uh, foot traffic is down. Retail sales for most people were down significantly during uh, Parents Weekend, during this pop- last summer. Businesses are, are le- choosing to leave downtown. People are moving out of Burlington. Let's all get together and see if we can figure this out before it gets any worse. I'm with you. We're talking to Kelly Devine right now from uh, the Burlington Business Association, and uh, you can join the conversation, 888 This is The Morning Drive on FM 96.3 and AM 620. News Talk, WVMT. Welcome back to The Morning Drive, everybody. We're talking to Kelly Devine this morning, and the McKenzie Country Classic Hotline's open, 888 and we'll go right to it. Good morning. You're live on The Morning Drive. Good morning, everybody. So, listen, we, we all recognize what the problem is, but the issue is, the real problem is, is the city council. And we're never going to make any changes. Nothing is going to get any better until we have a bunch of members on the city council that recognize the problem and that are willing to take the right steps. And we do not have that at this moment. And until we have that, nothing is going to get better. No matter how many police we hire, no matter how angry and upset we get, it's the same problem over and over. And I just don't see how we're going to get out of it unless the city council is removed. Well, there are eight seats on the council that are up for election in March, same time as the mayor. Right, Kurt? Why are eight seats up? 
Eight seats yep. up. So, so elections have consequences. As I often say, you know, talk to your if you if you're a Burlington resident or you know people in Burlington, uh, you know, talk to your friends and neighbors. Um, I wouldn't necessarily agree with the caller that the problem is solely on the council, and the council has certainly shifted, and we have some new members that I th- and I know are taking this public safety crisis seriously, and um, you know, we want to support those folks. So, uh, you know, uh, talk a little bit about you. You, you said you wanted to positive. talk about the uh, the public safety meeting that was on Monday night. Um, do you feel like do you feel like we're at, headed in the right direction? How did that you know, because I, I'm concerned as that I'm when you sitting have here watching Fox News show video of a business owner in Portland, Oregon, get attacked with a golf club by some person. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, this is what I fear for Burlington. Uh, so anyway, um I have been, you know, I have gone from, uh, you know, saying in the right rooms we have a problem to trying to shout it from the rooftops. And I'm at the point of complete frustration with the fact that this, you know, that there just hasn't been enough done in the last two or three years. I don't want to hear another time someone saying it's going to get better or, you know, uh, as I heard at the beginning of the summer, we have a plan. It's going to be better. It's not better. It's worse. We have a lot of people that are homeless living in the streets of Burlington. Uh, we don't necessarily have a plan. We definitely don't have a long-term plan for them. You know, there's people that are, are addicted. We it's, it's, it's time that we act. And so, um, I've been uh, going to the Public Safety Committee of the Burlington City Council since the spring, bringing business owners there, trying to raise the alarm bells, telling stories about how difficult it is to do business downtown and how their staff is afraid. And we've had residents starting to show up, too. So the result of that is that uh, Councilor, Council President Paul wrote a public safety resolution. It was a really um, good discussion on their April Kelly, 7th, you, August 17th meeting. Can you hold on that for just a minute? We've got callers coming in. and we, yep. It'd be good to get them in before we hit the break. Yep. Uh, okay. Uh, let's, uh, let's go to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. No? Okay. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Yeah. Hi. Good morning, all. Uh, hi, Kelly. I'm glad hi. you're on today. Uh Kelly for mayor, except you don't live in Burlington. I found That's, that. That was Andy that mentioned that the other day. <laughs> I'm already yeah. on the select board of the town I live in, but maybe I don't know. We'll, see. <laughs> well listen, you know, I I was reading a an opinion piece in the BT Digger yesterday. It was posted uh, uh, Tom Eslin, and he was kind of piggybacking off somebody else's commentary uh, about the headline. Kind of is deinstitutionalization has turned out to be a cruel alternative. You know, he gives a brief history of the shutting down of these mental hospitals and the, the stigma behind, you know, the names behind them, Vermont Asylum for the Insane, that kind of thing, and the abuses that were brought to the forefront with, like, uh, the book and the movie One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. You know, that that mm-hmm. really that highlighted a lot of stuff. It was a popular movie, book. And any, anyway, I don't know if anybody else has read that, but it's a worthwhile read, uh, and he has great examples and solutions of of how to deal with uh, this homelessness, m- uh, mental health issues, and uh, sometimes the homelessness just due to economic reasons and nothing to do with mental health or drug and alcohol. Uh, right. But anyway, we have it's, a it's lot. A really, yeah. worthwhile. We have a lot of un- uh, people with untreated mental mental illness 
in Burlington. Some of them are housed. A lot of them are housed. Uh, many are not. If you read the article in, New, in the New York Times about Portland, Oregon, it's basically the same problem. Mental illness sometimes combined with substance use disorder. There's a very interesting 60 Minutes piece with Governor Newsom about this thing called Care Court, where they're trying to move forward an idea that people with mental illness, instead of you know going through traditional court, go to this Care Court and they try to get them services. The fact of the matter is, uh, we need to talk to our legislators because the state's got to step up and make more imp- uh, more services available for those people once they're identified, even if they are, if we if we make it easier to involuntarily commit someone. It's very difficult right now to commit someone with against their will. Let's grab one more call before the break. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Yes. Good morning. Um, one thing to note is that as far as the progressives are concerned, what you have now in Burlington can be considered a success. This is what they want. So at the next election, you will have a progressive mayor. Um, I almost guarantee it. The UVM student voting block is too big to ignore. They will see to it that you have a progressive mayor. So do you have contingency plans in place for when that happens? I'm not sure what a contingency plan looks like. Uh, I'm not convinced that we will have a a progressive mayor because, you know, I spend a lot of time talking to people and I spend a lot of time in committee rooms. And I can tell you, caller, a lot of Burlington residents, including people that would be traditionally from neighborhoods and districts that lean to the left, um, and a lot of uh, progressive city councilors, including Councilor Milo Grant, have told me that they are hearing from many constituents about a high level of concern about public safety. And unless somebody, a candidate, comes forward who's really willing to address that, uh, I don't know how this is going to go. I'm sort of more looking at this of, you know, kind of the Phil Scott, the... At the same time, we have the supermajority of Dems in the, in the, in the legislature. Not that that's a great thing either, but I really think that this elect, this election could go either way because people are fed up. Their kids, you know, they're seeing their kids having to walk by and see things. I mean, in that Paula Routley article, she talked about, uh, you know, a kid across from Edmonds School seeing, you know, open sexual activity. Yeah. Uh, on their way to school. I think I think a lot of residents that have have had it and I hope those people show up both at the caucus and to vote uh, in March. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to check in with Fox News. Amanda's got the headlines. We've got the forecast. And right after 414-0303. This is the Morning Drive on News Talk WVMT. Welcome back to the Morning Drive, everybody. Kurt and Anthony here. Kelly Devine's with us up until 8 o'clock. If you have a question for Kelly, give us a call on the McKenzie Country Classic Hotline, 888-414-0303. And Kelly, uh, uh, the mayor's race, of course, we know now that the mayor's out. He's got six more months to serve as mayor. But, uh, you know, the March election, basically uh, five months away. It'll be coming up fast. Uh, Caucuses, I'm sure, in the Democratic and Progressive parties will be probably in about couple of months either late november early december i I imagine um these issues whoever's going to be the next mayor of burlington i i'm thinking you will agree you would agree that this is going to be a really critical race for burlington's future with the big issues that we're facing with homelessness with drugs public safety issues and policing matters um i mean i view it as one of the most critical elections in a long time in burlington what what do you look for in the next mayor? Well, you know, one thing that I have to credit Moreau for was he was incredibly, incredibly fiscally sound administrator for the city. 
I'd like to see that continue. I mean, we weren't in a great fiscal situation, as you know, Kurt, when he took over. Um, and now we have, you know, our bond rating has improved. You know, we've got the airport pretty well settled, very well settled financially. And he has taken seriously and put a plan for a capital improvement. Uh, so a lot of the things that he's gotten done that's been able to fix things has been by taking that seriously. So that's one thing that I would look for because I feel like during the KISS administration, that was that was something that people weren't even really talking about. Like, how you know, we got to fix, you know, uh, there, there's an old saying, the, you know, the, the number one job of a, of a city government is to, you know, plow the snow, fix the streets, keep the sidewalks passable and, and do public safety. We've got to get back to those basics. You know, I would also say that uh, I think that I, I know that our downtown is at a tipping point. And you had uh, Burlington, uh, South Burlington Police Chief uh, Sean Burke, who I worked with a lot when he was here in Burlington, agree with you. It was unfortunate that we lost him. He talked about a 28 percent increase in retail theft year over year, 256 arrests for retail theft. Here's the Burlington data, 467 year-to-date retail theft incidents, the most reported in a year since 2012, and we're not even through the year yet. Last year, it was 324. And now 456, and 467. we've still got three yeah. months wow. to go. Yeah. And All right, last so year, we thought it was How many of those do you think... Uh, resulted in arrest of those 467 four, resulted in arrest um 23 77 well, a little i thought but still yeah. pretty yeah. pretty bad and of those arrests how many actually had any uh, uh according to uh what milo grant reported at monday night's meeting uh sarah george says she can't provide that data why not? Uh, <laughs> well, she's also Why the not? one that, that, that I don't uh, know. testified they couldn't do the math if we wanted to have cumulative uh, uh, sentencing. Anyway. But you know what's interesting of these arrests? Um, 79% of those arrested are female, and they're, they're between the ages of 25 and 51, which could indicate that there's a direct correlation between this retail theft and our substance use disorder problem. But also, it, it, yes, I mean, but see, that could be skewed because um, uh, physically they're easier to arrest. If, you know, I, I mean, 77 people out of 467, I agree with you. There's no question there's a link and correlation between substance abuse, uh, without a doubt. Um, the number of the 467 retail theft incidents year to date, that's not even that's a full reported. year. That's reported. That's reported. I know that there's a lot that aren't reported. Yeah. People are walking into stores and taking whatever they want. And like, you know, I mean, CVS, they've had it. Um, You know, a lot of our small retailers, clearly OGE has. Um, You know, if if this next person who's elected and the council that comes in isn't able to really make, you know, show some action on public safety instead of saying, oh, it's the police. Oh, it's the state. You know, we have... Last year, we had our local representative for the Burlington downtown as the Speaker of the House, Jill Krawinski, and we had our uh, one of our Chittenden County Senators, Phil Baruth, as the Senate Pro Tem. Like, mm-hmm. can we can these issues please be brought up and talked about? They're Voters serious. Need to start putting that to all the candidates, legislators, city councilors, and the mayor's race coming up here because if, if, if these issues go unchecked. They're not getting better. They're only going to get worse. we got some phone calls. Let's go to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Good morning. Um, You know, what I see is 
we have unsecured borders. We have people flooding in. We have uh, this crime rate just going through the roof. We have the drugs that are coming over the borders uh, with no check to that. And then you have the drug users, and then they just keep on using their using their drugs. They have their addictions. And, uh, you know, then the theft. And you have our government who is not prosecuting anybody, and there's no jail time for anybody. It's crazy. Uh you know, you have your mental health issues, but it doesn't help when the schools are telling the children it's okay to be cats, it's okay to go to the bathroom in a litter box. They're telling girls that they're boys and boys that they're girls, and that that it's okay to use communal locker rooms. It, it's not okay. These things are not okay, and there needs to be a stop put to a lot of this insanity. I don't I don't know why the people ruling this country want to uh Okay, okay. The yeah. country from inside out. It, it's That's it, a lot of dots destroyed. to connect. Yeah, yeah. Um but and and many of them I I have to say I don't feel are connected. Um I I, I want to really focus more on what's happening in Burlington and the public safety issues there. Let's go back to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Good morning. I really think the root issue is that people believe good intentions is the measurement criteria rather than outcome. And a great example is the proposal for safe injection sites, which many are pushing for, that think will at least solve the problem, which, uh, which will actually make it a magnet for more drug problems in Burlington. Well, you know, we, we have a lot of social service uh, stuff, you know, that's happening in Burlington. We have the new, uh, you know, the pod shelter. The mayor is talking about an emergency shelter. We have the low barrier shelter out on Shelburne Road. These are all measures, what, what we call harm reduction. Uh, I would say part of the problem with that is is there's no funnel for people who get come through those systems, a very limited funnel for people to try to get treatment. Um, Ike Ben David did a story on uh, homelessness on CAX last week and mm-hmm. he interviewed people on the street that said, I've been trying to get help. So, I mean, I think that those those systems may work or those solutions may work if you have a place to send people. But, the but, other thing I would say is enough putting the burden on downtown Burlington in Plan B TV that everybody agreed upon. And I asked Megan Tuttle, the city planner recently, you know, the head of the planning department. She's not the city planner. She's the head of the planning department. Is that still in force? And it says in there you should limit adding additional social services to our downtown. And everybody seems to want to ignore that every time and, we need a new solution. And Kelly, the caller is right, isn't he, isn't he? That we are, we have become a magnet. I mean, people are flocking to Burlington. People that are coming here, look, they have problems. Some come with criminal activity, uh, drug use. We saw, we saw obviously on Sears Lane what happened with the businesses being broken into repeatedly in the neighborhood nearby. Uh, we want to be a compassionate city, but again, we can't continue to be a magnet, can we? Uh, no. <laughs> and, you know, uh, there are drugs available to buy in Burlington. If you look at the overdose data from our Comstat, every single overdose that they have a, a record on, the first drug is fentanyl. It's available in Burlington. It's mixed with other drugs. There's uh, limited to no consequences for, um, it seems to be for, um, you know, People who are openly using downtown, who are camping wherever, um, who are committing retail theft, who are harassing people. 
And so you're going to have, just like we've seen in bigger cities like Portland, Oregon and San Francisco, uh, Portland, Maine contacted me last week and said, we need help. We have a lot of problems. We're having a lot of problems with homelessness. You're seeing it again and again. I feel like, you know, Portland, Oregon is a foreshadowing of where we could end up if we don't do something soon. Let's go back to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Kelly, Kurt, Anthony, good morning. Good morning. Um, the uh, Burlington City Council Council couldn't pass the budget, and they just changed the debt policy every year. You know, do you think uh, the president of the Burlington City Council should be replaced with someone who could, uh, you know, make a deal? Uh, <laughs> the, the, the president is Karen Paul. I don't know that it's not. <laughs> I appreciate trying to make the analogy, but I, I think in this case, the and president of city work. council doesn't have the same level of authority. Kirk can attest to that. They set the agendas and, and appoint the committees. And, <laughs> and that's the analogy doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Good try, though. Yeah. Let's go back to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Good morning. Uh, I can personally add about 12 instances to uh, Kelly's total on shoplifting that I've witnessed in the last uh, two weeks that Mm -hmm. uh, probably have not been reported. So if you've got whatever that number was, you can probably multiply that by five, to be honest with you. It's definitely um, a huge problem. It's, it affected uh, OGE's decision to start to sort of do some business outside of Burlington. I think the biggest thing that Burlington businesses I'm hearing from now is that sales are down, foot traffic is down. Because, you know, people say to me, Kelly, you can't stop talking about how bad it is in Burlington. And I'm, th- I'm like, you don't think people know already? Yeah. People yeah. know. Everybody's talking about this. Everywhere I go socially in this community... People want to talk to me about this. Everybody wants to talk about this. Let's start talking about it. Let's start yeah. talking about it in a way that helps us get towards solutions. You, it's too late to keep ignoring it. You can't ignore it. You can't put your head in the sand about it. It's there, and everybody's talking about it. You're right. Let's go back to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. I guess a couple things. I'm confused as to if things are so bad, why Portland would call Burlington for advice, but that's really not my question. Kelly, I want to ask you about after your exchange. You sort of frame that as kind of a negative, but they're actually expanding into Essex. Uh, the retail landscape's changed. They're going to obviously have a smaller firm footprint. They have a really big store downtown. I'm wondering, I mean, I don't see it as really a bad, bad sign. They're growing. They're expanding. Can you speak to that? Uh, I was talking first about Portland, Maine. Yeah, well, no, the ones that called me, not Portland, Oregon. No, but um, he said, why did Portland, Maine call for help when knowing that Burlington's in trouble, too? Because they want to know if we've been able to do anything successfully to deal with. They know we're having similar They're problems. facing the same issue. Um, yep. So if you read or saw any of the coverage that where Mark Sherman, the owner of OGE, spoke, and I talked to him a lot, you will hear him say, we are making this decision because, because we don't see our future expansion in Burlington. I think that's concerning. They're going to close their downstairs. They happen to own their building. I think that it's a good canary in the coal mine, uh, you know, foreshadow. Uh, a lot of businesses can vote with their feet. And one of the things we don't talk about a lot and see a lot is uh, these professional services businesses that are also contemplating moving out of the city. And those folks are a big part of what makes our economy work. So well, yeah, there's a I lot do, of offices. Yeah, I do. And also, you know, with a big organization like OGE and these smaller businesses trying to gauge what their future looks like in Burlington, either A, to move or B, to stay in business. 
I think that they're going to look at a big organization like that and say, this, they're trying to, they're, they're seeing something in the future that I need to pay attention to. We have already seen businesses leave uh, in women's clothing, um, you know, other, um, there are, there are probably two, three more announcements coming shortly. And, yeah. and he made clear that public safety was part of the problem. Absolutely. Public safety and, and as a result, foot traffic being down because Burlington's a small city where f- under 45,000 people. People move to Burlington to raise their family and have a high quality of life. And now they're bringing their children downtown and the kids are seeing behaviors that parents have to explain. And nobody... I maybe I shouldn't say nobody. I don't like to get up every day and go to work and and see repeatedly see people suffering. There's not a day that I go into the office. My office is right downtown that I don't stop for a couple of minutes and try to decide whether or not I'm either going to call 911 or the street outreach team every single day. And Kelly, when tourists come here, which we depend on the money from tour the tourist in- industry, and they see uh, either, or they read the stories about a machete-wielding person down in City Hall Park. Crossbow. Or all these other things. Are they going to come back? And if you start losing businesses, you have really got a serious problem. Trash, graffiti, um, you know, people, of life people, that, people that look like they're suffering. Yeah. Let's go back to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Kelly. Question for you: Why don't you encourage your businesses to have armed security guards? That uh, would solve that problem. Many, many of the businesses, including Outdoor Gear Exchange, have private security. More businesses every day are calling me to uh, talk about private security. I would encourage you to read this article in the New York Times about Portland, Oregon, that was about a private security guard and his experience day in and day out. We've had downtown ambassador programs that are private security. Um, I know uh, property owners now that have private security. People are putting up fences everywhere. People are putting up gates. You know, somebody said to me, are we going to look like New York City with the metal gates that roll down over door openings every day? If you see the amount of that kind of thing that's going on, um, I'm not surprised, but it's there. We have police cars parking in the back of the, off of College Street, the drive through for a community bank. I mean, there's a lot of that stuff being done right now. Oh, boy. Let's go to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Yeah, good morning, Kelly. Um, a couple of things. The, the needle situation, you know, the state of Vermont gives them all their free needles they need. And the, I know because when I cleaned my apartment, house, I had over 3,000 needles. They had a brand new box of 500 that says, when you run out, call this number. And I got a best friend of mine. He's been my friend for over 50 years. His son is hours away from being a master electrician. And he was in the hospital in Burlington for over a month. He was clean. He was going to his books and everything. His father thought he was on the right track. Nope. As soon as he got out, he got back into the crack and the heroin. You got to put these people away for two, three years, dry them out, train them, educate them. You ain't going to do it by just, oh, walk in here and walk. It ain't going to work. You well, got to uh, put let me, them away. Yeah, let me speak to the needles. Uh, there is a there is a safe recovery program where people can get needles downtown. Um, you know, there for sure there are plenty of needles available. We now have situations where people are, tr- are breaking into the safe needle disposal boxes and trying to get needles out of there. Um, so, you know, we don't uh, – I the, the number of needles is certainly a problem. 
I don't know if we solve that by limiting people's access to needles. Um, when people talk about incarceration, I think we need to be really mindful of the fact that if we incarcerate people just for using uh, and you don't have treatment options available through the court, you know, through the uh, prison system, through Dr- Department of Corrections, those people are not going to get better. There's plenty of drugs in jail. There's plenty of drug activity in jail. But Kelly, so, you also can't just say, I don't think, you can't just say that people, this is part of the problem in Burlington, having tourists come here and other people just watching people shoot up and it's and there seems to be that they're able to do it. I don't think you can say that it's okay to have people shooting up all over the city of Burlington and, and they can just do it. I called the police about somebody doing it in the middle of a Hannaford's parking lot, sitting there in their car, right, not even parked. No, uh, I agree, and that's actually it's against the law to use those controlled substances um, in the public space. Um, I think that we, I think I'm, mu- I'm much more concerned about the 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 turn that the drug traffic has taken, and I think we need to start there. I think we need to. I need. We think we need to do things like attack retail theft which we know that some people who are suffering from substance use disorder feel forced into uh, retail theft feel forced into human trafficking you know sex work so you know i think that i mean i can make a long list of the issues that we need to address i want to start on you know we there is evidence that we have people here from major cities on the eastern seaboard like philadelphia like albany that are like springfield that are coming here specifically to deal drugs. Yeah. They're putting fentanyl and stuff. They're preying on people who are, are suffering from a mental, uh, either mental health or a physical s- situation. Substance use disorder is considered a disease. And so we need to um, get that part under control. I do think that that's part of what Kurt talks about is, uh, you know, Burlington's a magnet. I do think it is known that for dealers outside the market, that this is a great market to sell in because you, 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 there really are no consequences. It is, and I'd love to hear what the our, you know new U.S. Attorney's Office is, is doing. Uh, we know that Christina Nolan was big on that interdiction yep. and and saying, "You come here to deal drugs, we're going to get you and we're going to put you away." Right. Let's go back to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Yeah, um, I just wanted to address the lady who had the laundry list of things that were wrong and saying it's not okay. She was 100% right about all of it. Um, and the s- simplest solution is to get more cops, get more money to the police, and let the rest of the state know somehow through campaigns to hire more police and to enforce the laws. And I'm sorry about the incarceration thing, but if you don't do the crime then you don't have to do the time. That's the problem. There's no consequences for any of it. And it starts at the border, which we aren't talking about today. But anyway, I just think we keep beating a dead horse to death. We need to enforce the laws and hire more police and take it from there because that's public safety. But but I think two things are day. important. One, we're trying to hire more police and have very just do not have enough applicants to actually fill the jobs we have available. Um, those retail theft statistics that I provided, ninety six percent of those people that were arrested for retail theft were identified as white Caucasian. Um, I, I don't see the problems in Burlington being directly related to uh, the nation's immigration questions. 
Let's go back to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Hi, guys. Good morning. Good morning, Kelly. Uh, real quick, um, it's one of the bright lights right now, one of the things we should, we're excited about downtown is that there's finally construction going on in the pit and that we do have buildings rising. But my understanding is they're the first or maybe the first two floors of those buildings when they're done are supposed to be filled with retail space. How are they going to fill those when retailers are leaving downtown left and right? I'll hang up with that question. I'm sure they're asking that self, themselves that same question. And there was an article in Digger about OGE le- leaving. I was interviewed, and uh, Carl Aswari from the city was also interviewed. And I, she mentioned that she thinks that retail space can convert to residential the one thing for sure is the current zoning in burlington for the downtown requires first floor retail that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be selling you know kitchenware or uh clothing it could be something like a child care center or a walk-in clinic kelly we're just about out of time but um just the previous caller not the last one the one before scotia um not that i disagree with her but it's not one singular issue that's going to solve this, right? I mean, we, we obviously need more police, but you can't get them over. It's going to take a while to rebuild after what happened. But even if you had the full complement of police force, they're frustrated with with trying to deal with the system, finding out that there, there's no consequences when they do arrest them. You know, our firefighters are responding to uh, calls at a 40% increase over five prior years there's a lot of compassion fatigue out there i agree with you it's not one answer we need to be talking about number one uh short-term solutions that we can implement for our downtown you know as we move into the christmas season and then next year and we need to look at these long-term systematic problems the police answer which i agree we need more police we need to enforce our laws that could be, you know, a year to two years out. When John Murad said, if you cut the police department, it's going to be three to five years to rebuild. We are in. I supported that vote to rebuild the police department, and we are in that three to five year period that it's going to take to rebuild. As things get worse in Burlington and, and the, you know, what we're seeing gets worse, um, we are going to, um, see, I think, see it be even harder to get people to be, join the police force. They're paying $75,000 a year right now, and they're having trouble getting people. Kelly Devine, the director of the Burlington Business Association, talking about all things Burlington. It's all. Thank you so much for having me today. <laughs> Thanks for coming in and uh, feeling better. I, I am slowly feeling better. I still have a couple of possible procedures. I'm slowly feeling better. Um, but, you know, I'm ready for this fight. Let's go do it. Yep. It seems like the fire's back. All <laughs> right. Well, thanks for coming in, Kelly. Really appreciate it. And we're going to continue a conversation about uh, consequences. The uh, state's attorney for Grand Isle County, uh, Doug DeSabato, is coming in right after the news.